meaning. Um, but just want to spend uh, a couple of minutes because there are a couple of loose ends and we'll move on into the new sugya. Um, sugya before last week, which we spent a number of months on, um, I, I did miss out one shach. I don't want to go through it inside, but the shach learns a different shach in the Rambam. The Rambam says in Halakha Aleph that when you find the, the animal, the shur, you return it to the owner. He gets back the animal. The kefal galavah, he goes to the shame if he pays, but the animal itself goes back to the owner. In Halakha Gimel, the Rambam says that if, if um, let's say I receive wheat worth a hundred, and by the time you find it, it's worth 400. So the wheat comes to me, and I have to pay the value. So we said that ourselves, there's a, there's a, you know, a in, 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 the, in the Rambam. The Shach learns, and doesn't Mamish spell it out as such, but more or less if you follow through with what he says, and it comes out as if in the Shach, the Shach learns that really the Rambam's love dafk in Allah Aleph. Really in Allah Aleph he learns that the cow itself should be coming to me. When it says in Gemara Chutzki, the same vlogger sale means the owner only keeps the shearings and the vloggers, the, ch- the babies. The cow itself belongs to Shomer. Aye, it says in the Rambam that when we bring up the cow, the cow goes to the owner. Why does it say that? So he says, very simple. The Rambam was talking about, he's trying to prove a halacha that even if you haven't actually paid, but you said you'll pay, you're still entitled, entitled to Kefal Zalahi. That's halacha Aleph. Right? So therefore he says that is. I'm trying to pay. Let's say a cow, I have no idea the current rate of cows, let's say cows are 500 pounds. I'm hired to pay 500 pounds to you for your cow. Now we find the cow itself. So I'm not hired, for me I'd rather keep the cash. If I wanted a cow, I would have bought myself a cow. I don't want a cow. I'm, I'm hired to pay 500 pounds. Now if now they bring back the cow itself, I could get the cow. I'm taco, if I would have a particular affinity to this cow, I would have a right to say I want this cow and take your 500 pounds. But on a pragmatic level, the cow comes back, you know, take the cow and show them on your soul. I don't have to pay you. I'm happy to keep the money. That's in Halacha Aleph. In Halacha Gimel, where we're talking about wheat, it's a, a ton of wheat worth £1,000. And now by the time they bring it back, it's worth £4,000. So it's easier for me now to pay you the £1,000 cash and keep the ton of wheat and start cutting off bits of the wheat which I'm going to give you and bits which I'm going to keep, etc., etc., now it's in Allah again we're talking about capital gains and it's gone up in value and I'm going to get that capital gains. Are you the Shema or the other? I'm the Shema. Right. Historically I've always been the Shema. So therefore since I'm getting the capital gains so it makes sense instead of paying you a thousand pounds and taking uh, instead of me sorry taking three quarters of the wheat giving you one quarter of the wheat as Puron it's simple I'll take all the wheat take a thousand pound cash. In Allah Allah we're not talking about capital gains there's been no capital gains. I owe you 500 pounds for the cow, and here's the cow. So you know, take the cow, call it quits, I'm happy. So that's how he... So he learns really the shomer is entitled to the chifetz. He's entitled? Yes. Which is how everyone else learns. Before we saw the shomer. Now if... Now just to remind you of the last shlickle we had, is if you learn like this in the Ravid, then Avada you don't have a problem of the Kenyan. In the Rambam, then Avada you learn from the Kenyan. We said that what's more is tarots and the ktsus. The 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 from dal vehe is it's it's not tangible it's not here. She so said you have to kill something real in the cow. Well, if the Rambam agrees with the rabbi that you kill the cow itself, then there's no problem at all. Fine. Just to wrap it up, so What would I say? I, I haven't thought this through extensively, but I'd probably say it depends where it is when the shiners are. 
If a person who uh, comes to Bezin, we've got the Ganef, we've got the, come back to the envelope, right? The original envelope of $1,000. Since we started that share, the pounds on dollar. <laughs> the original, I think it's gone the other way from, from how we, we were predicting it. Which will be a different share entirely, but let's leave that for now. Um, but, but if the envelope's worth, uh, the envelope was $1,000, right? So if it comes to Bezin, and Bezin needs to decide who to give it to, so according to the rivers, for sure it goes to me. Right? For sure it comes to me. And according to the Rambam, it's Machlekes, how to learn the Rambam. According to Shach, Be'etzem, also I'm entitled to it. Right? If I would want it, well, let's have paid you already, therefore, okay, I'm not saving anything, give it back to me. So according to him, according to him, Tacha, then the, 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 it would come to me as well. According to the, the Ksoyf in the Rambam, then no, it goes, it goes to you. So we've got Rav Shitter saying that I'm entitled to keep it. I hear the very strong start to say that you go about the Rav Shitter and pass in Tacha that the envelope, the dollars belong to me. Now, Shankin, if um, we're talking about whether the envelope has already been given to you, then you'll be able to say, Kim, like the Ksoyf in the Rambam, and say that, that, that it's yours and you just have to pay me the money. Ad Khan. That's sugya. We we're just stalling for time to be right. And now that's to start a completely different sugya. It's not a million miles away from what we had in, 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 in last week's year. It's in Hilfus Rivers. We have touched before on some of the principles, but we've never learnt it properly, Kaseda. And it's a shayla which comes up mummish the whole time. So I'd like to, you know, go a little bit more into it clearly, and hopefully we'll come out at the end. Uh, very clearly in the different uh, angles and scenarios. The, the sugya is the sugya of Oriv. The sugya is the sugya of Oriv. It's the sugya of guaranteeing. So the simplest version of the Shaila, in, in, in its purest form, would be a young couple buying a property, and they themselves need some kind of guarantor on the mortgage. So the parents, or the parents-in-law, or also parents, whichever it is, or any other third party, but I'm saying the most sheriff scenario is the parents um, act as guarantors on the loan. Is there any problem with them doing that from a ribbist point of view? So the children are borrowing money from a non-Jewish bank and their parents are acting as guarantors. Shaila number one. Shaila number two is what happens if you have a partnership or a company, because remember in Halacha we don't recognize the company as being a separate entity. We recognize the limited asset, but we don't recognize it as being a separate concept. So a company who takes out a mortgage on a property, and one of the shutrim has to sign as a guarantor. Right? They need a guarantor. One of them signs as a guarantor. Is there any area, is there a problem with that scenario as well? Now both of these are relatively common. Where, what you mustn't get mixed up between is these first two shilas, and Shaila number three, which is where the father co-signs the loan. Right? He doesn't act as a guarantor, he co-signs the loan. So he co-signs the loan means effectively it's being lent to him as well. You know the bank might understand he's not taking the money, the son's taking the money to buy the property, but he's co-signing the loan. And that also has become, I think, even more popular maybe than the guaranteeing. Uh, um, you know, rather than the father guaranteeing, nowadays they ask the father to co-sign the loan. It makes life simpler. So we're just talking about the guaranteeing it. He's going to be paying if the if the son doesn't pay, then he's going to pay directly to the bank, or he's going to pay the son. No, guaranteeing means the bank have a right to come to him. So in other words, so why should there be a ribbit problem 
if he's not paying the son. So if it was black and white and so posh, then I won't, we wouldn't have to learn no, the shoe. So, so, so you, you, you can say that after you spent a couple of months. Yeah. You, I've just asked the Shaila. You've you got to give me a chance. Hopefully it all become clear why it should be a river's Right? So let, 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 let's start the sugya. The sugya is a sugya in Eden Eshech. Not a very long sugya, this particular part of the Gemara which, which we need. On the sheets it's 1a. That's I, number Allah for the last, the, the top line of the, before you turn over the Omus. Tana Bonum. Atikach me it's a Neshech Vatavis. Awal Atanasale Oriv. Says the Gemara, says the Brighton. You're not allowed to lend with interest, but you can be an Oriv, you can be a guarantor on a Chiv with interest. Says the Gemara on the base. Oriv Laman. What is this scenario? This is 1b. Oriv Laman, what is the scenario that we're talking about where you're allowed to be an Oriv? Oriv If you're talking about an Oriv to a Yid, so in other words, where there are three parties, all Yidin, no Hete Iskas, no anything. Straight Yidin, Ruben is lending to Shimon with interest, and Levi is acting as a guarantor. So then, says the Gemara, Abadi, you can't do that. States what talent, says the Bright, says the Mishnah, Eilu Oven Beloisasi. These are people who are over on a love. Hamalva, the Halova, the Haoriva, Aden. I think there's even a bright to Adzvar Sofa. We discussed this before. Look up a lawyer. Um, if a lawyer is a. Uh, it's Mamish Meister, Bechol. Mamish, literally Bechol Yom. There isn't a legal contract that comes away which won't have an in, in, in interest clause. And, and a lawyer can also be over. But that's not what we're talking about here. Here we're talking about the Oriv. You see, the Oriv is in the lineup of people who are awesome. So how can you say that you're allowed to be an Oriv on a Chayv if we're referring to a Chayv where all the parties are Yidin? So it's Gemara Elelenochi. No, we're talking about where you're borrowing money from a Goy. So in today's modern day scenario, the simplest example would be a bank. I go into a bank to borrow from a bank and you're going to be the guarantor on the loan. So it's Gemara, Ay, the Chivan Zedine Zenochi, the Ozil Bosa Arva, Iu Niu Zekoshoku Minei Rebisa. Says the Gemara, since it seems the law in those days was such that the bank would come to the guarantor directly and straight. So we'll see Rashi in a minute. So it's as if the guarantor is really borrowing that money. Answers the Gemara. We'll see Rashi. will explain everything in a minute. Answers the Gemara. We're talking about a non-Jewish lender who has agreed to lend money according to the Torah. If he's accepted to go with the normal guidelines, then you shouldn't be able to, to, to go with Ribbis either, because when you're dealing with Eden, you can't lend with Ribbis. He says, well, no. The guy has accepted that how he's going to treat the Oriv is according to the Jewish custom. And if that means, we'll have to see what, Rashi, what that means in a minute. The, the, the author priority, who he goes to, how he goes to, that he's signing up to. But he's not signing up to saying that because if I would be a Jew, I wouldn't be able to charge you interest, therefore I'm not allowed to charge you interest. No, that, that's a different thing entirely. He's purely signing up to how the procedure with the Oriv is meant to work. Have a look in Rashi on the left hand side. Oriv Laman. Mihu Amalva Shani Mutza Lasis Oriv. Who is the person lending the money that we are saying? In the, in the original Brysa, you're allowed to be an act as an Oriv for. So the Gemara says, if you're talking about where they're all Yidin, if the Malvas are Yid, 
אלו אוהבים, משום לא יצא סימון, שזה יבוא נלאו, לא יצא סימון. זה כאן ביצום עבוד אמר וזהיד. זה גמור אמר ומאס ביצום עבוד איזה גוי. איי, ואוכלים את זה נוכי בוס הער ועוזר, אין לי צריביה אלא אס האוריב. says the Rashi, important Rashi is this one, says Rashi, what was the law of the land in those days? The law of the land in those days was, if I go to a bank and I borrow money and you act as a guarantor, the bank only comes to you. So maybe we shouldn't be using bank as an example because we have to see how modern day, how it works, whatever, when we get there. But in, the, in those days, an Orev wasn't just a fallback option, a guarantor. An Orev was the central address that you came to. And in fact, if you read Rashi literally, the only address you came to. Is that only a piece of force? No, no, no. That's exactly what Rashi is saying. The only address they can go to is the Orev. So it doesn't mean a Peter Falls will no. first try have a, to go to the Orev. Have a look at the next Rashi. Have a look at the next Rashi. You see clearly. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. So we're not talking about that. So if that... Because if that would be the case that they only go to the Orev, then who knew the Shoku Ribis? Listen to that when I borrow money from a goy, you are the orev, and the law of the land says, so forget to say his laws will come to that when we're ready, but the law of the land in those days says that the goy has to come to you for payment, direct and first, and only, you are the only port of call, says the Gemara, as Rashi explains it, what that means, in actual fact, is you are borrowing the money, and you're lending that money to me. Now it might be the goy gave me the money direct, but this would almost be the same thing in, in, in modern day Sprach. If you would tell your son to go to the wall, right, and borrow, or, or not even go to the wall, if you would give your credit card to your son and tell him he can go shopping with your credit card, I'm not, uh, credit card, not debit card, right, and tell him he can go shopping. So he goes and borrows from the guy, but the address that the guy is going to is me, because it's my credit card. So, I, that, again, we don't use the word guarantor for this scenario. We'll see, that's why it can be a bit confusing. But the Rashi is saying, and the Gemara is saying, and Rashi explains it very clearly, if the scenario is such that the first and only port of call of the mother is the guarantor, then the guarantor is the lover. He is the lover. He is the one who's being lent the money. He is the one who's going to pay back the money. In which case, we have a problem. Because if he is lending, let's say he's borrowing a thousand pounds with interest, and the bank is going to go to him, and really he's giving that money to me, so if I'm going to pay that interest, I'm really paying his bill, which is what we've discussed over the years many times, the credit cards, etc., mortgages. Great, the same, same scenario. The father's borrowing, he's lending to the children, they're paying his interest. So that, that you see very clearly here. Elamai. No, no, the Gemara in 1B is explaining what 1A was talking about. Yeah, but 1A... 1A says you're allowed to be an Orev. Whatever price the back end of that sentence applies to the front end. So if you say the back end is talking about where you follow the... No, the back end of the front end is talking about where there is no guarantor. Mm-hmm. The, front, the beginning of 1A is talking about where there is no guarantor. That's also. But where there's a guarantor, you can be a guarantor. Now we're trying to look at what scenario. That's exactly what's question. How can we be a guarantor? If we're talking about a scenario where the guy goes to the guarantor first, it should be offer. That's not a kasha. 
So what's our answer? We're talking about a guy who's the who, who's the Malva, but he agrees that the, 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 his rights vis-à-vis the guarantor are according to Jewish law. What does that mean? Says Rashi. Lovum b'din Yisrael Yitzvah min chilo That first, as Mark was saying before, his first port of call has to be the borrower. And if he can't find the funds to claim from the borrower, then, and only then, Yigvah min then he can come on to the guarantor. The hashta says Rashi, Ein ha'oriv loiva mitzchilo. If that is the case, that the first port of call, Rashi is saying a londus here, if that is the case, that the first port of call of the bank is and has to be the loiva, and only when they've exhausted their ability to claim from the loiva, only then can they come onto the guarantor, then we don't say this londus, that we look at the guarantor as the original loiva. Because if he was the original loiver, the bank would have come to him first. Why is the bank not going to him first? So it says he never lent a penny. He ne- so he never borrowed a penny. The loiver is the one who borrowed. Now if it comes to a situation where the bank comes to the guarantor, he obliged himself to pay if that worst case scenario happens. So even if they take off him then the capital and the interest, you the loiver can pay him back the capital and interest that he paid out. Because he only lent you on the day when he pays it out. Right? When you underwrite someone else's debt in these, in, in, in these circumstances, you are only saying, if such a thing happens, I'm prepared to lay out the money for you and you have to pay it back. Without interest. No, wait, sorry, let me, let, me, let me explain that line without interest because there are two ways of reading interest. If let's say the debt was £1,000 and the interest bill was £10, right? So it was £100, right? 10%, let's say, it was £100. And that means that the bank are now coming for £1,100. And they, you don't have the money, so they come to me as a guarantor, and I pay them £1,100. I write out a check for £1,100. I have lent you £1,100. Now, it's irrelevant that inside the £1,100 there's £100 of interest. That's not interest for me. I'm not charging you interest. I'm paying a bill for you of £1,100. I want back from you £1,100. What I can't do is charge you interest until you pay me back the £1,100. But there's two interests here, that's why I have, I have to spell out. I can't charge you interest on what I paid, but if part of what I paid was for interest, that doesn't make a difference. Because I wasn't paying interest, at, uh, you are going £1,100, and I'm laying out the money for you. I'm no different than a friend who would have come along to bail you out on that day, and said, you got a problem with the bank, you owe me £1,100. Why? I don't care why you owe me interest, capital, it's not relevant to me. You owe the bank £1,100, I'll pay it, and you pay me when you've got the time, when you got the money. No problem at all. So Rashi is telling us, let's just finish Rashi. At the time when the guarantor and the Ori pays the goy, like I said, that is the moment that he's laying out the money for his friends and lending his friends. And whatever pounds and penny he pays, that's what he gets back. Right? So we're very clear. It's important to be very clear. We've got two options at the moment in front of us. What we're missing is the middle option. Right? So we've got two options in front of us at the moment. One is what Chazal called Oriv Sholif Tutz, we discussed this in the past, and the other is what Chazal called Oriv Stan. Those are the two ends of the spectrum. What we have not yet discussed is Oriv Kavan, who comes in the middle. We'll come to that soon. 
So Arim Shalistut, as it's called, is an Arim where he is the address. So I borrow and put you down as Arim Shalistut, the bank can't come to me. The banks come to you. So that, like I said to you before, the, the simplest scenario that would be if, if you let me use your credit card. So I'm borrowing the money, but you're the one who really the bank will come to. It's your credit card. You've agreed to that the bank should lend me money and you're going to pay it back. That's Irish Shalistut. The other end of the spectrum, Irish Stum. Irish Stum is only once they've exhausted their efforts of claiming the money off you, can they then come to Irish. That's Irish Stum. Says Rashi, from the Gemara, it's very clear in the Gemara already, but Rashi spells it out even clearer, the reason why there's a difference in Ribbis is because, from a longish perspective, they're completely different scenarios. Completely different. What's going on is completely different. Says Rashi, in the name of the Gemara, in the case of Arishad of Dutz, where the address for the Malva is the Arev, then what we say is, the bank was lending the Arev on day one. They were lending the Arev. And therefore, when the Lover uses that money, the Lover's borrowed it, stage two, from the Arev, like we discussed with the mortgage cases, etc. So then it's a problem. It's really a river situation from straight away. Pashtus. Now whether it's De Reiser, Shabonon, we have to see, but, but, but Pashtus, it looks like it should be Mamish De Reiser, the way Rashi spells it out. Arev Stam, as he's referred to, when the bank can only go to the guarantor, or the malva can only go to the guarantor, when he's exhausted any possibility of getting it from the lover, that's the opposite. The orange doesn't enter the story until and if the bank comes to him. And at that stage, he's laying out money. So whether he's laying out money for capital, or he's laying out money for capital and interest, it's a red herring by him. Whatever the reason is why I'm laying out money, on that day, and on that day only, I'm lending you money. On that day, I'm bailing you out. So whatever I paid for you, give me back exactly what I laid out for you. So there's a com- completely different understanding of what these two people are doing. Even though, in the reality, it could just be a different clause on the paper. They're both signing guarantor with different connotations of what guarantor means. And, 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 and that, would be the, that would be the difference. Right? Now, what we haven't dealt with is our Kaplan. Our Kaplan is in between. Our Kaplan is a person where the bank has the right to decide whether they want to go after the Lova or after the Orif. They can choose. So, not like Orif Sholaf Dutz, where they can't go to the Lova. Not like Orif Stam, where they can't go to the Orif until they've exhausted. Orif Kaplan in between, they can choose. And Stam, uh, uh, excuse the pun, but, but uh, I think I've told you this a number of times before. It's a Teva. If ever any of you are involved in lending money, whether your own or someone else's on your, you know, that you're acting as a shliach for, and you need, if you are lending money and you require a guarantor, it's kedai to understand that there's a difference between our covenant and our stum. Because our stum means until you brought the lover to Bezin and established in Bezin that he doesn't have the money, you can't even pick up the phone to the guarantor. Now, unless the guarantors run out of town and you can't get him, then fine. But, but if the guarantor's here and he's saying, I haven't got money, you know, that's not good enough. You have to go to Bezden and Bezden has to prove and establish that he doesn't have money <coughs> and only then... The can lo- you the Sorry, the lover. That's very good, the tenant can't be And only then can you go to the Oriv. So therefore, if you want an Oriv where, 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 where you have the right 
to go to the Oriv, if there's any women problem whatsoever, you're not interested in the whole hassle and whatever it is, you want right, that the first time you misses a payment, you pick up the phone to the Oriv, then you really want to make sure it's Oriv Kavan. But that's some freebie thrown in. <coughs> so now, back to Asugyum. Now already, just from what we've seen in the Sugya, just from what we've seen in, 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 in Gemara Rashi, which obviously is premature, but just from what we've seen in, in, in Gemara Rashi. Let's go to the company scenario. Let's say you've got two partners who buy a property in a company. And the banks require a personal guarantee from one of the partners, at least one of the partners. Right, so let's say there's you and me, and we both um, put money into a company to buy a property together. We buy the property together, we take out a mortgage, I don't have a good credit rating, so I don't put my line on, on, on the, the personal guarantee. You exit credit rating, you give the personal guarantee. Right? Now in this scenario, this is unusual, this is not the Gomorrah scenario, because here, the Oriv happens to be one of the Leuven. Right? Because from a halachic point of view, we don't look at the company as being a company. We look at the company as being a shutus. So if it's a shutus, so let's say we're borrowing a million pounds from the bank, but the company's borrowing a million pounds from the bank. What that really means in halacha is you're borrowing 50, what's called 500,000 and I'm borrowing 500,000. How do I know? Because we've bought this property and we're 50-50 shareholders in the company. So that means every pound which we injected into, into the purchase of this company, half of it was your money, half of it was my money. Right? So I agree that, that, that my half of the property has to pay £500,000 and your half of the property has to pay £500,000. But here you have acted as a sole guarantor. Right? So now you tell me, what of the three types of guarantors are you? In an English normal company banking scenario, which happens every day of the week. Stump? We're talking about a company with, with a, a, a PG from, from, a, a, from one, of the, one of the directors. They'll go first to the company. Okay, they'll go to the company. And then? They can only go to the personal guarantee if they haven't been able to get it uh, without that. That's a normal thing. Right, so, so, so first of all, that, that, that depends on what it, on, on what yeah, it says. But what I, what I wanted to bring out is, is the common mistake that people make. You're right, always, uh, I shouldn't say always, but every time I've come across, in such a scenario of a company with a guarantor, they will always write to the company first, as far as writing is concerned. The money, the company was meant to pay the bill, the company hasn't paid the bill, they'll send them uh, an invoice saying your, your, your payment is, is overdue, or it's outstanding, whatever it is, right? But they won't necessarily make sure that the company is liquidated before they come after the guarantor. Right? They can go straight, even without sending a letter to the company first? No. Send the They'll send a the letter. They will go first. Do anything more than that. 
right. They won't, they won't be interested, like I was advising you before, the banks know more what they're doing, they're more experienced. They won't be interested in a scenario where, for example, if it's hard to sell the property, wherever else it is, you will not be able to turn, the guarantor will not be able to turn around and say, listen here, go and fire sell the property first, you know, before you come after me for my money, because it could be they'll say, you know what, you're cash rich, you might even have an account in our bank, we'd rather come after you before we try and start selling properties at, uh, you know, fire sale prices. So again, it will depend on the terminology, but, but more often than not, you'll be dealing with our company. Again, as an address, but that's not good enough. For for here, you have to for Oriv Stum, it needs to be that they can only go to the guarantor once they've exhausted the ability to claim money and assets from from the from the lover. If the lover's got money, the guarantor doesn't have to pick up the phone. It's not my business. Have you taken him to bed? Have you tried to? He's he's proving difficult. Not difficult. Take him to bed. Take him to, if person give you a headache, he doesn't come to person. Take him to court. Until you've exhausted every possibility of getting the funds from the, from the, from the lover, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'm there as a backup plan. If everything else goes wrong and you can't get the money because there's no money to be got or because he's run off and therefore there is no, and you don't know where his assets are to access them or whatever it is, say that I'm a fallback plan. But you don't come to me as soon as life gets a little bit difficult. That's the Irish stump. The normal thing is that the require the guarantees from both parties. Even, however, even if one party is a very, is at present a very dicey uh, customer, they would still demand a guarantee from both because you never know how things will change out. Okay, okay. In, in the particular scenario that I'm talking about, um, again, it won't come as a huge surprise to some of you, we're talking about where on the paper the property is in Ruben's name, but there's a deed of trust that 50% of it is, is, is held for Shimon. Right, so Shimon's not on the name, and therefore he's not on the comp- on the on the loan. He's not on the. He hasn't given a PG because he doesn't a personal guarantee because he's not there listed as a director or even as a shareholder. But Lemaitre, he owns fifty percent of the company. Now let me let me just tell you another nakuda, a very very important nakuda. What happens in a case of a company in Ruven's name? So it's in your name, your Ruven. And there's a, a mortgage taken out, money is borrowed only in the company name, solely against this property. But we have a deed of trust saying that 50% of the property belongs to me. Right? You clear on the scenario? It's, 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 it's quite a common scenario. Right? It's, it's a Schutzwurst in the company. They've taken out a mortgage. It's a shell company. The mortgage is only on this particular property, which is the only asset in the company. So it's a 50% mortgage, 40% mortgage, whatever it might be. There's no personal guarantees at all. But the company's in your name and really you're holding 50% of it for me. Isn't there a clash of charges? Who's got the charge of the property? The bank. The, the other guy's got part of it. No, but the bank comes first. The bank will take their money before, because, because ultimately, I, uh, this property which we bought, me and my partner knew, the partnership together, we, we took out a mortgage and we sanctioned, and we sanctioned the charge from the bank. There's no difference if you sanction charge on your behalf or you do it on both of our behalves. You're, entitled, you're empowered to act on my behalf as well. Is there a problem with Rivers such a case? Well, the, the economics are that each party has half the assets and presumably half the liability. Correct. But only one person is paying interest to the bank. Is only one person paying interest to the bank? 
or is one person paying just the bank on behalf of both? Company. The company's paying. And who's the company? Both of them. So it doesn't make sense if, the, if you, the partner, pays the, the check, or the secretary pays on behalf of the company the check. It's both of our money. Where's the, where's the interest getting paid from? From the income, which belongs to both of us. But if, if the bank were to come and claim the money back? They can only get it from the property, which belongs to both of us. So you're right. Since Lemaissa, the who they're lending it to, they're lending it to the asset. Right, they looked at the company, whatever. they're lending to this particular property. The Gemara calls this a mushkin. They're lending solely to the mushkin. In that case, whoever owns the mushkin is who they're lending to. There's no problem. The, the, the simplest example, what we speak about the whole time, the mortgage scenario, is there be no personal guarantee. If I take out property in my, buy a property in my name, take out a mortgage in my name, but, but, but not personally, it's only on... The, the, the property now that can only happen if it's in a company if it's just in my name then I'll always be personal if I open a company and, 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 and I buy a property in the company name and on paper I'm the director and the shareholder but in reality the whole thing belongs to you I was acting on your behalf and there's a deed of trust saying the whole thing belongs to you there's no problem with rivers because I haven't borrowed the money the bank have lent to the mushroom they think it's mine but it's a red herring who owns it it doesn't make any difference to who owns it Sorry? Well, they, they have lent against the mushkin. And whoever owns the mushkin, that's who's liable. Because there is nothing, there's no more liability than the mushkin. There's no extra liability. Mushkin came when I, when, I take out, when I borrow money from a bank to buy a house. Great. And therefore, whoever owns that, that's who's borrowing the money. Because mm-hmm. that's ultimately, the liability is not on a person, it's on the assets. Whoever owns the asset, that's what's on the, cho- that's what's on the table. That's what's on the line here. So if, if, if they think it's mean, it's really easy. No, no, you know who it is. It's completely relevant who it is. Marshall and Kane, if I go and borrow, buy a house in my name, and I take out the loan, and I'm the one who's Meshubut, and my assets, and my other assets, and me myself, I'm personally liable to the bank, and really the house is yours, no, then, then, then that's not the scenario. I'm borrowing from the bank. So they lend the money to me, and I've passed on the loan to you to buy this house. So the first question one has to ask in any of these shiners is, is there a PG? A personal guarantee. Is there a personal guarantee? Now if it's a, per, a private loan, not in the company, automatically you're liable. They won't say personal guarantee. You, you borrow the money. But when it's done in a company, the first thing you need to know in any of these shiners is, is there a personal guarantee? If there's no personal guarantee, there's no problem at all. And the same thing with the Schutzum. If the company is the sum total of its assets. Oh, so now let's up now that we've got that clear, let's move on to this shiner. What happens if I buy a house for you in my company and my company has other assets which do not belong to you? Right? Or slightly different. What happens if we're buying a property together, Bushutz was fifty fifty? I buy it in my company in my company's name, and my company has got other assets as well. And there's no personal guarantee given on the loan. But, as Joffrey's pointing out, if there's cost collateralization, if the bank can go after my other assets, then my assets are on the line for your loan. Or for your half of the loan. And that's again a problem. Because we don't pass in that who holds that there's no 
Shibudah Guf when there's a, by, with a limited company. So because we don't pass them like that, we hold any time I have assets which are Meshubud for your Choyv, that's, that's a problem. Right? So, so that is the second question. The first question which I always ask is when it's in a company is, is there a personal guarantee? If there's no personal guarantee, the second question is, are there any other assets in the company which are not held in the same proportion? You're talking about solutions yet. But we're not ready for solutions. First, okay. you, have to, first you have to understand what, when the, when's their problem, when isn't their problem. Then what, what, how we solve it, that, that, that's... Is there no difference between uh, this trustee and um, shareholder? No. Again, you don't even need a trustee. The trustee is just a shtaraya. As long as everyone admits the truth. If I admit that I bought it for you or, or, or partnership 50-50, then both halakhically and legally, by the way, contrary to public opinion, right? If I buy a property in my name or in my company's name and I admit in court that I bought it for you, it belongs to you. The deed of trust is a, is a shtaraya to prove it because otherwise... If I've got that property in my name, I could go and borrow against it, I could go and sell it. So you want something in your hand as a raya to show that really I'm holding it for you. Fine. But the raya doesn't make the chaloyz. It's not shut if it's not there. I have been trying, people tried to tell me in the past, that if in the land registry it's in my name, it is mine. What it says is what it is. It's not true. If it's in my name, you'll have a hard time proving it's yours if you haven't got any raya. But mitzvah the din and lahavdo mitzvah the the dinayim mitzvah the chayik, you can have something like registry in my name. If I admit that it's not actually mine, I'm holding it in trust for you. It could be yours. Where it, this gets complicated is if I've got creditors who come to me and want to take this asset and I have nothing in writing. I turn around and say, oh, it's not mine. I'm actually holding on trust for someone else. That's different. That's kavla achim. Then also they can turn around and say, really, we don't believe you. We see in the language it's yours. So don't, don't give us stories. And like that happened uh, a, year or two, a year ago, a year and a half ago. Imagine so there was a youth who had properties in his name that really belonged to other people. And all of a sudden he had his whole business took a major uh, never turn for the worse. I don't think that happened, but the property master, when everything changed and the banks panicked, and they came and took away all these houses which were not his. They were not his houses, about five, six, ten houses that belonged to Unilite in Manchester who all of a sudden lost their homes overnight because it was in this person's name without any single piece of paper or anything signed or dated or any, you know, anything. And, and it's possible that these gentlemen might not have wanted to come forward either because there are other benefits uh, that might have been, uh, you know, come out, come out in the wash. So, so the Meister, they, they lost their homes. What happened was there was a, uh, auctions, there's properties all sold at auctions and they put letters up all around town They no one else should bid at these auctions except for the people they can try and buy back their homes at a, at a good price. But, uh, but, but you know, and, and then there's all sorts of interesting halakhic shayans if that actually works. Is there a problem with buying it, not buying it, etc.? It's a separate shayan entirely. But, but, but the maister, I'm saying, it's not because legally, if you have a property in your name, it can't belong to someone else. It's as long as there's no interested party, then, yeah, of course it can. But if there's an interested party, they're going to say, well, we don't believe it. What do you mean? It's in your name. Uh, why should we believe you? If you would have had a deed of trust, witnessed, signed at the time, whenever it is, uh, notarized, whatever, whatever is required, that, that can't be disputed, have much time before, there's nothing wrong. So to come back, the first Shaila asked, if it's held in a, prop, in a company name, is, is there a personal guarantee? The second Shaila asked, is, are there any other assets in the company? Right? 
But Akaponim, what we've said is that in most cases you're probably going to be dealing with a scenario of Oreb Tabun. Alright? Let me make, we've got one minute, two minutes, so we'll go inside to the next year. Let me make life a little bit more complicated. Give you homework. If we're partners in a company, alright, we are. No, let's say not, we're not partners in a company. We'll have to become partners in another week. But, but uh, a father and a son, alright, son's taking out a mortgage, like I said to you at the beginning, shiny number three. A son is taking out a mortgage and he is you know, doesn't have enough uh, credit or whatever it is that he, the bank should just lend him the money. So therefore, they want someone else. They want the father who's got much better credit rating or assets and whatever else it might be. They want the father to co-sign the loan. Right? What is that, Mitzat Halacha? Co-signing the loan. Is that our Tabun? Is that our Shalaf Dutz? What is that? That's shine number one. That's homework. And shine number two is what happens when two partners together take out a joint loan where they're both jointly and separately liable for each other. How do you define that? Sorry? No, because in the first shayla, the father's giving all the money to the son. He's just there to co-sign it. In the second shayla, the two partners are going to now buy something together 50-50. Sorry? Correct, correct. But I'm saying, but what's happening in, once, once they get the loan? In stage one, yeah. the father's not even touching the money, he gives it all to the son. Yeah. In stage two, we're both taking this money now and buying a property together. Right. And we're going to split the profits of the property together and we're going to pay off the loan together. Right? So we're both borrowing together. So is, there, is that, what, what, how do you define that? Because really... We take out a million pounds together, I borrowed 500,000, you borrowed 500,000, and we're each paying interest on our money, and then we pay back the khayyib, so it could be still fine. But one, of, one of the two will start to assume the guarantor role. No guarantor, both jointly and severally liable on the loan. No, the person, there's, nothing, there's no guarantor. We both... Husband and wife. Sorry? Husband and wife. Husband and wife, yeah. They're not going to come and ask you for a split. They, they, correct, but I'm saying, well, let's say we're both jointly and separately live on the loan. You're right, if, for example, the deal goes, goes bad, and they have to come after the money, it's possible that one of the two of us might be an easier target than another one. Yeah. Correct, for the whole amount. Because jointly and separately. That's not the shine. Sure.